Welcome to the Batman Book Club's One Bad Month, where we're taking a closer look at the recent series, One Bad Day, One Book at a Time. On this episode, we're diving into the Clayface story, No Notes. Now, joining me once again on this adventure, he's actually the uh, sculpted clay clay piece of Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore in the movie Ghost. It's one Sir Paul Herman. You turned out... You turned out about as sexy as that scene, Paul. That might be the nicest thing someone's <laughs> ever said about me. And I actually want that on my epic tombstone. It's like, I'll be like, Lulu, my do- who's my daughter. I'll say, yep. uh, my good friend, Ryan Lauer said, I am literally the, the piece of the, the, the clay that was molded out of uh, the yep. movie Ghost. Yeah, so yeah. I want you to put and that, that on is, my tomb. the tombstone is them on you know <laughs> doing it's it. Actually, yeah. we'll, yes, we'll, she'll she'll just be rich and she'll just have like all this money to put this nice elaborate Debbie Moore and Patrick Swayze. God, I Kickstarter, love Swayze. Kickstarter going now. We got hey. many many years to to raise some funds, but uh, yeah, Mister Mister Herman from the Paul yeah. from from the Paul from the comic binge, yeah, uh, Paul Herman. Everybody, thanks for coming back, Paul. Continuing to do this thanks for having me. One uh, mm-hmm. one bad month. We're trekking through. Um, yeah, we we're, yeah Paul, Paul just held it up. Uh, let's not waste any time. All right, let's get to talking okay. the Clayface story. No notes. Now released in February of this year, written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, with art by Zermanico, with coloring by Romulo Fajardo Jr. Uh, this this beast, the Clayface story, was released in a uh, prestige, sixty four page floppy, but you know thicker than just a floppy. Um, way back in February, it was also available digitally. It's been really collected and released in hardcover, and that because of that hardcover, it is available on my favorite app of all time, Hoopla. And the book is also available on DC Universe Infinite. Paul, we're continuing yes. our trend here. Of I know yes. the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What version okay. did you read for this? I read the uh, hardback, hardcover version of this story, and I, uh, yeah, I again these these this is I, I like the prestige format. I think I've said this on every show, mm-hmm. maybe, but I like the prestige format because it's wider paper or wider angle, and you can get a bigger picture. But there's something about this a very nice, you know, hardback cover uh comic book that's you know comes with this so and it's it, normal you know normal i say normal comic size if you will but yeah that's where i read this uh bad boy like all the rest of them so. all right well just like all the rest of them i also read the prestige floppy that came out um yeah on on release day uh also when was the first time that you read this book i read this uh, a couple weeks ago actually um, a couple weeks ago okay yeah, in preparation of our uh, little adventure, mm-hmm. and I, uh, yeah, I read this, and and, and I want again. I want to. I, I said. I think again. I see this on every show. I wanted to reread it again, but I just didn't have time. Yeah, but I did. I okay. did read it once. And... You've read it once. So, yes. Okay, you've got one reading under your belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, as is the case with all the others, I read it uh, basically the day it came out, slash the first couple days that it came out. Uh, way back in February, because Pete and I covered it on the February monthly wrap up. Um, I wanted to ask you with that hardcover, though, what's the Bolland image on the back look like? Because all these are, you know, the artist does the cover version and then Bolland had a, a variance. Gotcha. OK, probably one of the most. Just really boring. Like, it's, I mean, it's a lot not of, like a lot of it is. Unfortunately. It's not like, okay, it's not like complete boring like the other pictures he's done, but it's pretty bad. I, I, I just don't care. It's like, it's the most uninteresting looking version of Clayface ever. He looks more like Vermin from the Spider-Man uh, comic books than he does Clayface, mm-hmm. in my opinion. It's like, whereas this mm-hmm. looks like the legit, the Clayface we all know and love from the animated series, which is the, the, the only Clayface, in my opinion. The the original comic so all the all of the issues in the back have something unique to the story and on the back of this one is a best actor award to basil carlo uh, that's and cool. i'm like i i 
definitely like this more than the Bolin image. Oh, dude, um, I'm jealous. You got that. Yeah. That's a great. That's great. That's good stuff. Uh, I so I that. give I give the floor to you, though, Paul, because okay. you haven't read this before. And as is the case with all of these, I do not pick your brain before we record, knowing no. that you're reading these for the first time, because I want no. us to record when I hear what you think. So, uh, yes, off the top, just, you know, quick thoughts on the book. I for the record, I yeah. I, I love this a lot, actually. Um, I don't know if it really fits the one, the, and this is a kind of a, a, a usual thing, and we can talk about this later, maybe like, and it, it might be a better comic binge uh, Omega episode, which I know you can't be on, but uh, I don't want to. It's a deep, it's a deeper discussion, but I don't know if it fits that one bad day model that the killing joke is based off of you know hmm. or it's based off you know inspired by but then again that was the same thing for you could say for um two-face right which i love that one which we just released and um and, and a couple of these are which we'll get to we'll get to raw that's been our discussion through a lot of them and we've both been yeah. on or i've been on the i've been on that side saying i don't think it fits and you've you've disagreed violently but uh, yeah yeah you disagree <laughs> Violent to an extent, to an extent, because Paul threatened these, me as soon as we were off mic, people. You're damn right, I did. <laughs> no, like, um, I'm really sorry, I have bad lighting in here. I, I didn't expect it to be this bad, so I apologize. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, this was something that I'm like, I I agree more with what you're saying, I think, about the the whole one bad day thing. Yeah, that being said. If you go into, if you dig it super deep and you have, it's not like it's, it's not, it's not surface enough to where it makes, it's a one for one. But like, if you dig deep enough, it does, I think, follow the model, Mm -hmm. but it's not, it's not like you have to stretch a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, you have to kind of, you know, roll with it a little bit more than the other ones. I think the Riddler is probably more in line with the the bet with one more day. Like Tom King got the assignment. Other people probably got a little bit looser. Now, that being said, back to Clayface. I I do think this is great. This is a great, great book. This might be maybe the one of the best Clayface stories ever written. Maybe. I'm going to ask you, sir. What, what do you think? I love this book. Excellent. Like, freaking love it. Batman doesn't show up till the end, and that's okay, yeah. because when yeah. he shows up, He's awesome as usual. Um, the story up and t- up till they meet is awesome. Um, you don't, and it's crazy because you, I don't necessarily root for Basil throughout any of this. You know, it's yeah, almost yeah. kind of like from the get go, you know where he stands, but yet somehow the story works for me from beginning to end. Um. I, I love the the Hollywood aspect of it all. Um, and we'll get into Kelly and Lansing uh, here in a minute oh, from an yes, article. We will. When they, when they talked about about this book, uh, I think it was with IGN. Um, but yeah, I, I love that. Aspect. I love the little Easter eggs that they sprinkled in here. And I love I do love just like the. The passion of Clayface in kind of like how, lack of a better term, messed up he is. And so it becomes clear of like, oh, this this guy is not right. He's not right. And that's before he crosses the line uh, nine times, you know, and then he has these little moments that become interesting with people that he works with and and all that, that really makes you kind of, I don't know. It's, I just feel like there's so much to chew on. And then you add on top of it, the art, which is chef's kiss. Um, I, this is a a freaking home run to me. Yeah, this, I'm going to say this right now. Um, I'll save what I want to talk about the writers. Um, when you bring up the article, but I'm going to tell you that I think that the one thing that sticks out to me at this comic specifically is that the you know the writers really do a great job of capturing obviously hollywood because mm-hmm. they work in it 
right? Mm-hmm. Like they they definitely have a, a they have a history with it in some ways, if not more than I realize. Again, I have I have if you haven't watched or heard my other podcast, I have a history of these guys. Uh, anyway. You have a history. Oh my goodness. No, yeah. So, but what I love about this about this is that I've read a lot of these guys' comic books, and they get the medium. And I'm not sure what they've done from the Hollywood standpoint at all, Ryan. Maybe you could tell me more. I don't know. But the thing about it is the way they construct this comic is so, so good because they actually take advantage of the medium. And there's like, again, I'm looking at this one page just randomly. And it's just, you know, him as one of the actors. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, or six, or six, excuse me. Uh, six, six panels. But uh, if you look here, if you have visual cue, look at how much information is going on. It's a, it's a small, a wide shot of a small, mm-hmm. that's another wide shot that's a little bit bigger. Then, you know, then it's, again, a, a more of a medium shot than a, than a long, uh, wide shot. It's like close up, wide shot. It's just, and this is maybe the artist. I'm not sure if they did, if they did this Marvel style where the artist took, you know, had a plot in this, which I don't think happened, to be honest. This feels like it was straight from like their script. And it just, this is a, this is using the medium perfectly. Um, which mm-hmm. I wish they had page numbers to show you, but uh, but it just this is a great example of what it's like throughout the whole comic book, and this is how you can compress so much information on a page and not feel like you're, you're overloading us. Mm-hmm. And they do that, but then they'll do this thing where, like, if you go back to um, here's a great example. Uh, again, I don't know what the page number, but look at this page on the left here on my left. Mm-hmm. where it's hardly any dialogue you don't feel like you're getting cheated like i read a comic the other day which no. from a writer i really like which i don't want to this is not really a detriment but it's a it's a monthly regular title you know ryan and there's not like a lot of words and, I, and again modern comics you blow through them a lot quicker it seems like sometimes it's not all of them but a lot of them you do because they just don't put a lot of words in it all the time right just mm-hmm. or, you know sometimes you don't need to have unnecessary things that being said I still thought I got my money's worth because the art was fantastic and I liked the story, but just I I read it pretty quick, right? Mm -hmm. This is something that like, you may not have a lot of words on this page, but then you're going to get a lot of information on this page where you're actually reading a lot of, you know, information of dialogue and getting to know the characters. And that's the thing. They didn't, they let the story tell itself, but they utilize what they need to by having a lot of panels and they're utilizing the medium to the full advantage that I think so many writers in today's comic books, they don't do that. And I don't know what it is. And I'll talk about the writers later, but I just want to say that like reading this actually took time. I know it's more than a regular comic book, but it actually is a lot of information they're, they're giving us because they're giving us so many different characters, so many different uh, perspectives of uh, Basil. And like, you know, different situations and you're learning, you're adapting and all the other uh, cool Easter egg stuff we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. There's so much in here to absorb that it, that's why I'm, I'm really bummed out. I, can, I only found time to read it once because I'm like, I really want to read again. And this is one that I think does, these guys get the medium of comic books 100%, mm-hmm. which I'll talk more later, but I'll just keep teasing. But yeah, this I just want to say the first thing that stands out to me is how much information they get, they set across, and the artist too, which I can't pronounce the person's name. Zermanico. Zermanico. Chef's Kiss. The art is incredible, and the layouts are incredible. Um, And they're beautiful. They're beautiful. Like I, I want these guys to be together more, which I'm not sure if they've worked together before. I'm going to research that. It looks familiar. Either way, this is incredible. I am pretty sure, yeah. So they did. Their name popped up in my head. So it looks like they did. They did a lot of stuff together. They've done some Star Trek, Kang the Conqueror, um, well, Gotham well, City I, Garage. I, I mean the right. I mean the right. I mean the artist. The artist. Oh, I'll get to him in a second. Get, uh, yeah, Batman Beyond Neo Year was something Pete and I covered, and these two guys were on, and we were not fans of that book. Um, that's the well, only thing of theirs that I've read. And this is like, to me, this is a total 180 from that story. 
Okay, so if we're going to talk about the writers, let me talk about it now then, if we're, if we're bringing that up. Is that cool? Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, so so Paul and I think the story is okay. All right, carry on. Writers. Right, so the writers. I want to say right now, I, it sounds like you don't know them as well as I do. Correct. Um. Okay. You have tea with them. and I don't have tea with them. I want to have trade tea Trade stocks. If, if, <laughs> you know, uh, Kelly and Lanzig, if you guys want to jump on the comic binge anytime, you're more than welcome. You're, you're probably never going to listen to this, but that's fine. Ouch. Um, but How that's dare fine. you? No, no, it's fine. It's fine. No, but listen to this or us or whatever. You know, either more my show than yours because your show is actually good. Um, okay. No, the writers are, have done actually a lot of good quality stuff. And I want to say, first of all, King the Conqueror, only myself the Conqueror. I have gone beyond, beyond, above and beyond praising that comic. It is the perfect Kane comic to read if you don't know anything about the character. Go read that miniseries by them. It's so good. It's my favorite King story, maybe. It's fantastic. So they wrote that, which I loved. I wrote, uh, I wrote, I read um, Joyride, which they did. Uh, mm-hmm. an independent comic book science fiction comic pretty good pretty solid comic there like that for quite a bit actually if you like science fiction stuff like fun science fiction go check that out um the next thing i read which you may but i know pete has talked about which i don't know if he's talked about it with you their latest captain america run which i think is fantastic as well did get hit a little bit of a bump because they had to do a tie-in with the other captain america title which wasn't bad it was still solid but those first six issues are great as well. I'm really impressed with their output. This just cemented it for me that I'm like, damn, these guys are up and comers or are already here and they need to be doing more work because this was a piece of work right here. This is a real piece of work, real piece of work, but in a positive way. It means a positive yes. way. Yes. I am. So they actually work. So this there's an article on IGN. Uh, that came out, it was like a, a week after this book came out, um, sometimes really far after, where IGN spoke to the two writers and then also to Zermanico. And so some of their quotes on, like, for this story is, you know, they said, like, write what you know, and that's what we did. We know what it's like to be in that grinder, to move through it and lose yourself in it. So Hollywood. The secret of Los Angeles is that there's a creeping darkness everywhere that kind of wants to consume you in the same way that there's that simmering evil in Gotham City. So being able to bring that feeling to this place that we love and show people that this town isn't exclusively glitz and glamour and is much more like Gotham than you would expect was a real delight. Whoa. Dude, great. That's we were surprised to be offered Clayface since we're not really horror writers. Editor Dave Wilgos, sorry, Dave W., said you guys have lived in Hollywood for 15 years and you know what it's like. You know that industry and you know how brutal it can be, especially in the feature game. So, oh, and then like lastly, which I thought was really interesting, a lot of the lines in the story are directly from our experience or experiences of our friends. Um, the The wild thing about Hollywood is you are not allowed to flip out and have a one bad day because if you have a one bad day, you may not ever work again. So all of that pain and all of that cruelty that Hollywood heaps on your shoulders, you have to take with a smile and letting it kind of harden into something we were very happy to be able to weaponize for this terrible story of Basil Carlo. So that's I mean, that's a nice little chunk of the article right there. I highly recommend you read it because it is really good um, speaking to them and then speaking to Zermanico whose uh, real name is Alejandro Germanico Benito Gonzalez. Um, anyways, the more you know. So I like that right there makes. It adds like almost so much goodness to the writing of the story and where it came mm-hmm. from, you know, mm-hmm. and so it, it another case of write what you know. Okay, this is what you know. And look how good like it feels. It feels raw. It feels authentic, like genuine elements in this story i don't know these guys my guess is they didn't go kill nine people but they found a way of like our experiences and quotes we can tell a story with this and like utilize it in a way for clayface and give him one bad day so i found it really interesting just to like even in like the opening well the opening page um we'll get to zermanico in in a second but it is you know it's a script page it, you know, that's the first page. And then there's, you know, the elements of a script all over the place. Uh, 
But then, like, how you get Basil as Clayface in the tub just looks gross and disgusting. And I love it. And how he morphs himself into, like, a holly, like, a, a pretty boy that lives in Hollywood. And he, and then you see that he is doing this grind that you hear about all the time. Of like he's working at, you know, working at a restaurant. He's a waiter. There are fellow actors and actresses that are also a wait staff. And you quickly, I mean, it's a lot to digest over like three pages because there's eight panels, each page. And there's a lot of dialogue on each page, but that's laying a lot of groundwork in a quick amount of time to get you to kind of help set, you know, set the stage for, this guy who is named clay um and and you see like you quickly see it like oh they're all actors they're going through that grind they're going through an audition him and his his pal um oh my gosh why am i blanking on his name they go to audition for the same part uh oh man what's his name which one the 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 black-haired fellow waiter oh. and they both go ah i know i swear oh. i had his name dang it sorry everyone um anyways they both go for the same for the same part and you see like the headstrong that clay is and this is where it's like there's like there's something not right with him because he's sitting there in that room which my guess is that this is something that the writers had encountered like through people that they know of someone that goes into audition and that they get a critique of like, well, try it this way. And it's like, no, it needs to be this way. Letting the passion get the best of them. And then they lose out on the part because of it. Um, whereas mm-hmm. this in like here, the, I mean, you'd like to think that it's his friend. Um, it's Clayface, So you're a little hesitant to call a friend, but I think there was genuine likability there. Um, and then he, he, you know, snapped in losing that part to his friend. Um, like that's like, that's a good scene, but I think you can see where it's headed as he is pushing back on the, um, on the director or on the, you know, the, the casting agent and she's saying, lighten it up a little bit. I can see that, you know, there's a lot of Pep pain it up. And, and yeah. And he's like, no, that's not how it is. She's like, okay, I think we're good here. Um, and then he and then he just snaps because it's like his friend gets the part because the friend did what he was asked and got it. And I like I don't know the it, it twisted and like snap like that takes out the friend then becomes that friend and then goes to audition like goes to the set for the part and he's drinking it all in. And then when you see the killing joke scene 31 take one. It's like, oh my gosh. And then you see what he looks like. You see him holding the red helmet and you see that he's there with Jeannie. And it's like, brilliant move. My goodness. Brilliant move. That is when I saw fantastic. When I saw that, Ryan, I I thought that was a, a, that's why I thought this was the last one. This is the last one I read by accident. So it felt like a great bookend for One Bad Day. So when he told me this was not the last one, the last one released, I went, that's weak. His name is Corey. Corey. Dang it. I knew it was a C. Okay. Anyway. Or K. Could be a Corey, could be a K too. In the book, it's Uh, a C. I know. I know. But (laughs) but anyway, it it, it felt like because of the killing joke, it felt like more of a a bookend because that's what all inspired this uh, series. So, yeah, I I loved that Easter egg. I thought it was a brilliant move. And I also, like, it kind of dawned on me too, which I think is pretty brilliant. That think about what what are they doing to Clayface the whole time that, that, that he's struggling with? They're trying to get him to do something that he doesn't want to do, right? Yeah. So what what is he not being moldable? Hey, like clay. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm there. So, I'm there with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think that's really interesting. The fact that he is struggling, and I, 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 I it has to be a purposeful thing. Mm-hmm. Because the whole time it's predicated on everyone saying, do this, do this. And he's like, no, that's not what it is. It's ironic. I mm-hmm. love the irony that they that these writers use to build off of Clayface's insanity because his dream is so one-sided that he can't be what he literally is, which is moldable, 
he only is in he's only entrenched in his vision and that is where you know i think the one bad day obviously again if you want to get deep on it this is where the one bad day kind of goes i think takes an effect is that this is who he is as a person he didn't become clayface because you know he he didn't become clayface overnight of like because he was clay became clayface because he's not a moldable person Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so he's that's why he never achieved his dream. Because even if he was, because this is what they're driving home. Even if he did look like what they did, like he wasn't Clayface, that he wasn't delivering what they wanted. He wasn't moldable. So he essentially is. You're, they're telling us why he's Clayface, not because he's made of clay, but because of, he's so insane. Because he's so on one track minded. It's effing brilliant. So another like in moving through this uh Hollywood land basically he sticks to like his vision now that he's in Corey's body and he's doing the same stuff that he was doing in the casting room basically pisses off the director who has to just oh you're going to be one of those actors fine everyone take 10 I got to call a guy about a horse <laughs> um and you see the disappointed faces of like the cast and crew and then he's just back in his trailer. You just think like melting. Essentially. And that's just like he and that's where he just like lets loose because the agent comes in and gives him an earful. And you're just and this is where it's brilliant of it just sort of stays on his face as he's looking down. And then you see something almost like it snaps and then it goes into another panel and his eyes are yellow. And then the next the next page as it is. The shot, the door open. She Then the next one, she's trying to get out, but the clay's bringing her in. Then the door is slammed with a little bit of clay around the handle. Then the door's just closed. And then out comes, out comes the agent. And you're like, yep, that's Basil. And then the next day, begin montage. And it's just him, him killing people. End montage. And then the director walks in on him as he took care of, you know, some of the cast and crew. Well, that's the end of him. And now he's the director. It's just like, kind of ruthless and i really like that about it too because he's snapped and like there's no going back he is snapped he's full steam ahead uh impulsive so oh uh, you're next you're next you're next uh oh you just saw me you're next goes to the i mean goes to the what you want to the studio head basically in which another lovely piece the gray ghosts um, aspect that comes into play of the movie poster and then how he even says how the the studio head says we'll get you something else you like great ghosts we got a whole universe we're kicking up um love that but then he, he put in like i found this interesting because i think there might be a little validity to it and how the guy even says movies are garbage they oh, dude, depreciate yeah. rapidly they are a bad investment and people buy them anyway. And it's really funny to me because it is something in, like that I have seen over the years as I look at the movies that I have and everything. And I'm like, I know that buying this brand new can be $20, $25. Immediately, I could go and try to sell it and I could maybe get four. Like as soon as you open, as soon as you open up that plastic wrap on it, it is like, oh. Like just knows that, and that's instantly what I thought of, and I just started like laughing about it, and I'm like, oh, that's that's like that's funny. That feels like a real element that the writers brought to this. They heard that somewhere, well, realization on their own or something. I don't know. So just to kind of back up what you're saying, there's a, the right before that. There's a line here that is one thousand percent had to be something that they heard or someone of their friends heard, where they said, "said Max, buddy, this should be more of a listening session." Yes. Yeah. Like that, that totally sounds like some corporate exec being like, yo, uh, reality check, you know, and, yep. um, check yourself before you rickety wreck yourself. I, yeah, I, I, I love that aspect of just Basil just not being able to cope with every, cause every time I, I love how it's literally him going up the food chain mm-hmm. of people. And and his vision just never works. It's br- it's really a brilliant. It's brilliant. Like I I think that's so genius because 
it's showing you no matter how much power you take for yourself that you, you know you still can be like everything can crumble right like mm-hmm. he goes the he goes the actor then he goes the 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 agent then he goes to the director then he goes to the director for to the exec and it's like no matter what he does he's always failing because his vision is corrupt it's not right and it just it's there's something to be said there to an there, extent, it's right? that's deep there like you can yeah. pull that out of hollywood and clayface insert it into another story and i think it can be applicable there too and like, and it goes to like the basis of it, of just like, it's almost like when somebody will sit there and say, well, I don't like this person because they've got a problem with blah, blah, blah. I don't like this person because, you know, this reason I don't like that person because of this. And I don't like that person. It's like, there's one common element in all of this and it's you. So you mm-hmm. like maybe pause a little self-analyzing. Basil, I think you need to hit pause. You need a little self-analysis because uh, you're you're like everyone else is to blame when actually something with it's something's not right with you there. You you know what he needs, right? Buddy, (laughs) buddy, he needs he needs Cassandra Kane. Oh, is that what he needs? Okay, do you know what I'm referencing, right? Uh, yeah, I know what you're referencing, Paul. Oh, you don't like it? Uh, that part actually I did like. Um, what's up? We'll talk later. Yeah, we'll talk later. Maybe, maybe, maybe I brought up a new uh, Batman book club in five years when you let me back one, on. One bad run. There we go. No, I'm, kidding. <laughs> oh! I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh! I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh! I'm kidding. Damn. So, rough. All right, continue. So as, I mean, as it continues with that, <laughs> like talking with that exec, you know, I love that too. You're like, because the exec's not wrong. So you can also sit there and say sometimes of like, higher ups yeah most of the time like you can't be like man that guy's a well there are a lot of times that's a dick awful people right think no, about a lot of times. and it's like okay remove it though and he's and how he, like he basically told him by that line of more of a listening session and basil didn't hear this didn't want to hear it so he kept going to where then it's like you had your warning well now i'm gonna come and he says your big break it's my money my profit and my call. And it's like, as much as a lot of that, you don't like that. It's true. All that is true. Like this person's money and it's a lot of money and it's their call. So that's, that's part of it. But I love it as he's giving this, like we're doing this for the fans as it's, you know, it's like a close up shot. Of we're doing this for the fans. Turn the page, full page. <laughs> Basil's had enough of his BS. And just splatter right up against the wall and there's sometimes too where it's like as much as like yeah in a way the guy's right also it's like well this is what we like this is why we bought the tickets like <laughs> we want to see some clay face ass kicking and god do we get it too it's just it's just so brilliant man it yeah. really is it's it's gotta be the best it's gotta be the best clay face anything i've ever ever like read there's good saw. there's good clayface stuff out there. They're really like I know in, there is. in I the know comic there is. in the comic book medium. Um, I know there is. I know there I actually is, but... I just I just watched the animated series two parter, uh Feet of Clay. And I think that's I love brilliant. Feet of Clay. I love oh, that dude, one. Feet of Clay is great. Yeah, um, great. But like comics too, but like, yeah, this is up there because I just think I just think like you just said it's so good. And before I progress on the story, so Zermanico, this guy, he did the Flashpoint Beyond. Um, that Jeremy oh, okay. Adams, Tim Sheridan, and Jeff Johns wrote all worked on the, together. And yeah, the recent one. Uh huh. And then he's currently doing the uh, Green Lantern book that Jeremy Adams is writing, and I'm actually really, really liking that one. Um, mm-hmm. a great art, and I know he's got he's got like plenty of uh other works. It's just like to me, those are like the most recent things that I've read. Um, but they said. So the writer said a comics writer isn't really like a writer in Hollywood. They're very different jobs. What a writer is in comics is much more like a director and the director has to trust the rest of the team to bring the story to life. And so our yeah. job writing one bad day was to find the emotional beats of these characters and then giving it to Zermanico because he's not just the production designer and the cinematographer, but also like an actor. So mm-hmm. I think like reading that part too is really, it's really cool of 
how much Germanical his influence probably was on this book too. Oh, and how sure. he and how he he like he even said that he he's never been to California or L.A. And so like certain parts like the Chateau Marmont's hotel he's never been, but he was just hoping pictures like online that he could do it justice and he did apparently macarthur park which is where i think uh batman and clayface fight at the end um the writers are they they mentioned like that's down the road from us and yet he captured it like perfectly that's amazing. and so then and then on top of it it's like i feel like you have certain expectations when it is a clayface story of visually like we oh you got to pull out some good stops the feet of clay two-parter you like that animation has got to be balling you know and it is mm-hmm. like it yeah. is in the in the morphing and the changing and stuff like that and so here Germanico really did that i think he drew everything so well and then the coloring i think is such a perfect companion to the art and giving i've never been to california um but i've seen a lot of it on tv but the wow. like the scenes, okay. the scene, like the coloring and stuff like that, too, it just brings another layer of like an atmosphere to it, you know, and yeah. then and then it went his darker moments and, and stuff like the 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 shading of Clayface and everything. I was like, man, this is one of the best looking one bad day books, maybe the best one. I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's one of the best looking, though. I, I think, you know, I brought up a point earlier that this is a great example of the strength of the medium of comics and i mm-hmm. think that you what you said there was a great example of those writers understood the difference of how important the artist is and how like zermanico probably had a lot more say on this than probably you know maybe some a lot of artists do in, in comics i don't know yeah but i think that that's it feels evident because of how much there's there's so many it goes from like again like eight panels per page nine panels per page to like four panels per page and it's but it's so dynamic it fits the story and never feels disjointed mm-hmm. and i think the other thing about it i love is that the element of using the script as a part of storytelling and like it that is again chef's kiss so yeah. good and again you're using the visual medium to tell and and also push the narrative and the themes of of oh, so many different things you're doing with it um by also doing it in a very creative visual way that's not like super it's just it's clever and it's perfect and again they understood the assignment and and they let everyone who did, did this is a, this is a i don't want to say phenomenal but it's i need to read it more to get a phenom- the phenomenal word for me it's incredible though this is a mm-hmm. this is definitely a must own in my opinion for any batman fan out there i think batman one bad day clayface is a is a borderline batman masterpiece borderline is it as good as a, as a riddler it's up there. it could be as good as the riddler one it's almost there it's like they're neck and neck for me Riddler gets a little bit of a, I think it has a better origin story. I think it's a little bit a notch above, but not, this isn't too far off for me. Um, okay. We'll get to that at the end. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I know we're getting close to the end as it is, but um, really quick. I do love how and back to the story of how Basil, after he kills that exec, he ends up becoming that exec and then goes and is like, I'm going to throw the best party, you know, of all parties invite everyone including and this is like a moment where it just kind of becomes oh interesting that there is something there with him um deep down that he invites those two friends the the two co-workers of like you're the one like that we go through this grind together so he's got some kind of bond with them and then as he wants to say you know there's something i need to tell you but like promise you won't freak out and he goes through and telling him what it is and I forget what her name is, but like she's the one that basically kind of she reacts strongly first. What I love about this party, because, of course, Bruce Wayne finds his way there. And that's where you're just like, yeah, he knows what's going on. Like You can't tell me the first that we see him that he doesn't know what's going on. And um, there's a great panel as, you know, um, shit hits the fan or, you know, mud hits the fan. Clay hits the fan. (laughs) There's. Like you see Bruce is like in the background. I'm trying to find the page. No, he's on the roof there. I thought he's like in the back 
at one moment and he's kind of in I think it's something else. I think I think I'm something else. Uh anyways, okay. So he, well, I think what sets him off though really is that he sees the bat symbol, you know, in that pool. Yeah. And I love that and he really freaks out because he's trying to he's trying to get his paradise. Yeah, there we go. Okay. I was just overlooking it. That there is as it all hits the fan and like the lighting right here of like uh there's like two close-ups of people and oh, then yeah, a, he goes, a little no. bit of light goes across his or across the yeah. middle of his face and you're just like oh man there batman's here batman's yeah. here and then you know two panels over and there's batman on top of the on top of the place but clayface is you know he's taken off it started a storm in la you know it's uh and he he's just angry that batman's there and then it's like as he's just yelling out to batman in the middle of the storm i just love that you get to that freaking amazing oh, two-page spread too Woo. and how all that batman says as there's enough of him like lit but then there's a lot of him that isn't and just nine people in one day nothing else matters oh my gosh batman people i, I just and, and just again for for the people who are appreciate the comic medium as much as i do there's something about a two-page spread, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, and it's gorgeous. This is gorgeously uh, drawn, colored, but also delivered when you have a two-page spread and you have a nice wide shot of Batman's squinting eyes. Like that to me. Yeah, but like you people brave fogel action. Well, I just want to, I just want, yeah, I just want to say this for the record. The tendency for people, uh, Ryan, is just to do a two-page spread like this. Yeah. Right. And that's cool. It'd be look great, but to me, this is what gives it the umph. Is that wide shot of the close up of the eyes? This again is utilizing the comic book medium to your full advantage because you know the the heart into the souls in the eyes, right? So mm-hmm. the eyes and the soul is that how it works? I forgot what this. You know what I'm saying? Though. Yeah, sounds great, I, Paul. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is. You you you're emphasizing the emotion of how angry he is. We all know Batman's angry, but you don't get there. I don't think until you get to the eyes. And I don't think this would work if you put it on like let's say like the next page, which you could because look, the next page has a nice like you know wide shot of them fighting from you know from aerial shot whatever. You could easily put the eyes right here, like Ryan, like where if people are right above that, right, very easily. But no, it makes more sense and adds more impact to the two-page spread right here. Again, brilliant, brilliant comic book storytelling. Wait, bravo, my friends. Yep, I think uh, it's a it's a fun fight. It's a well written or it's a well illustrated fight with the two. And I love that um, Batman has you know his own ghost trap that he traps uh, Clayface in. <laughs> that made me laugh. Um, oh, you the the hand in the mouth like that made me think of the Harley Quinn cartoon of Clayface. There's like I a, seen like, it. Okay, well, yeah, you should get on that. And then how it ends okay. of, you know, the you can see the script. This place could be an asylum that tra- you know trans then transitions to Arkham Asylum, and you get his long monologue, and then you see Clayface's head mobile, which makes me think of John Carpenter's The Thing. Uh, and then you get to that last page where he has sprouted off into all these people. Oh, yeah. All these people, you know, that he's killed and like, he's doing a performance there and it's like chilling, (laughs) you know? And it's just like, and that's how they just like nailed it home. And like this place could be an asylum, which was the first page of the story. And says, it's just like, what an adventure. It's a fantastic book. It really, again, to me, if if someone if I wanted to give like someone a good, I feel like this is a great introduction to people in comic books. I really do think so. Like if I had to pick a comic that would be like, what's like a good comic just to get an idea of the medium, right? Like what's not going to hook people on comics, but like actually get them into like the, I think the creativeness of the medium without going yeah. too crazy. Like I'm, this is no Play joke. Face. I think this is a, one Play bad face day is a great indication of what the comic medium can do. Yep. I'm with you. 
Uh, Paul, I want to ask some questions real quick. Yes, you've got a question? I love questions. Okay. What was your favorite part of uh, No Notes? No Notes. Um, Probably, um, let's see here. Probably going to be when Clayface uh, um, breaks out the, at the party. But I'd say when he goes, probably right here, these two pages, I'd say. The Batman fight? Well, this these two pages because he's by himself. He's he's running. He's running from Batman. Oh, right basically. before the fight. Okay. Yeah, right before the fight, and he's just kind of hanging out, and he starts kind of like trying to explain himself. And I love how it's one page of like what you know, again, like you're going through, and it's mostly close ups of, of Clayface with some wide shots at first, and it's just like, um, Dramonico, or, or Dramonico, excuse me, just really. Again, the the importance of face descriptions or uh, expressions, excuse me, is so critical. And you get nine pages of just, or <laughs> nine panels, excuse me, of pure, like, expression of Clayface. And it's all interesting. And if you can captivate me on basically nine close-ups of someone's face, different angles and, you know, whatever, like, for the most part, there's like one wide shot of a, of a nine panel grid, but you get what I'm saying. I'll you send you my, cap- my photo shoot that I did this afternoon. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Got 10 panels. Um, Anyways. But I'm, I'm, but I'm just saying like nine panels of this, like, yeah. and I'm just, it's captivating. And that's just, it's all it is is like one person talking. It's really impressive. So I, I love, love, love that part. There's something with me that I really like him at the execs mansion. Mm-hmm. I, I I think there's some there's good dialogue there. I'm not on Basil's side, but I'm I'm invested to see what he's going to do next. And it is like they did it perfect of how you turn that page, splat, like bam, attacks him, and then afterwards how he's sitting, you know, sitting at the desk, kind of just like thinking about what he did and whatever. And I don't know, I like that part. Yeah, uh, how about great. your favorite panel? Ooh, I like that. Um, there's one in particular. See, I am surprised that you Hold didn't on. instantly shoot something because I thought it was obvious, but to each their own. Well, well, you know what? I'm gonna go with a very unconventional one. My favorite panels is gonna be a little bit of a cheat. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a, uh, uh, a, uh, oh my gosh. Um, I forgot, I forgot what they call it, but it's just the, uh, the one page, the one panel. Oh my god, I, I'm I'm embarrassed. The cover, the full no, the full the like the full the full, full page. page here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the full page no spread. Yeah, okay. no. This because you have like I love how he's like you know ready for you know he's ready for his audition. What I'm here for the audition, and it's like you have uh it's it's a full full page spread. I don't know why I can think of that word. Well, it's, well, it's well that's two three um, words but okay yeah <laughs> um, but, no, <laughs> but like i love this full page spread because it's the light coming behind him is great with like he's all clay face except for his arm there's something very interesting about this this full page spread that is and in the way um he's it's a side kind of like his, he's lo- looking uh at the mirror from us from his head's turned yeah, it's a very unique angle, and he looks so big comparatively to that one arm. It's almost like you're showing you how much of a monster he is by having that one arm be like there to show you like in like in what it, uh, the comparison is to set you up for how much uh, of how much he changes and morphs around. Like we already know that, but it's almost like you're it's an establishing shot of that. So, but I love this picture. Um, I'm happy for you. I really am. Um, but I thought it was going to be this one. Two page I mean, spread. Clayface and Batman. Amazing. Coloring's awesome. Everything Color's about great. it's drawn awesome. The whole thing is great. And if you don't say this one, then you're wrong. That's fair. But I respect what you chose as well. Because it was also good. Yeah, I love it's that really one. good. Coloring's it's awesome. Good. Like everything about it's just great. Fantastic. The color Paul, of this is a, a phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah. It really is amazing. Yep. So. Uh, would you like to see this adapted in animation? No. 
Okay. Watch Feet of Clay. You're good. Me? Yes. Not you? Yeah, you did. But I'm saying everyone else. And go read the comic book instead. Adapt it. Sure. Absolutely. Oh, this. Yeah, no. you're taking him out of Gotham to Hollywood. Batman shows up at the end. I think you could do something really cool with that. Really awesome with that. Yes. I would love to see it. So there you go. Read the comic That's Clayface. Instead. One bad day. Uh, right. Paul, we have one more of these. Are you ready? Be the last one. I know. I'm sad. Very sad. All good things must come to an end. I know. Um, I know. So until then, people want to follow you. Plug away. All right. Herman22 on X, formerly Twitter. P-Thug. Uh, P-Thug. Uh, comic or binge comic is what it's called on Twitter. But if you want to follow me on YouTube, which I really appreciate, uh, or subscribe to YouTube, go check us out there. Lots of Batman content. We just did the, uh, you could say the quote unquote Omega episode of <laughs> our, 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 our here, of our little journey here. Uh, uh-huh. We did the killing joke. Uh-huh. Ooh. The killing joke with uh, Joe Corallo and Javi, uh, you know, Shuhio, who you guys all know. I call him AKA El Corazon. Um, yeah. And Chris, obviously. We t- and the, the professor. Chris, I Kyle. call him the reverend but the reverend he the he reverend. has many titles he's done it all yeah, he does he has done it all no but uh yeah we, we review uh uh the, the first one bad day book the killing joke and i i very smartly said is the killing joke bad so we answer that question go so to the comic bench and find out yeah. find they out answer it we definitely answer it. Uh, anyway, yeah, check us out there, and I uh, appreciate everyone who already has. And people, thank you to everyone who's already uh, listened to this show. Uh, we just released the last, first two episodes of the uh, One Bad Month, obviously. And uh, people have been really cool saying some awesome things about it. Really appreciate everyone's support. So thank you. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Batman Book Club, follow Twitter and Instagram at the Batman BC, uh, And also subscribe to the Batman Book Club YouTube channel. And then make sure that you stick around because the last part of One Bad Month will be coming here before you know it. So um, also make sure if you can rate and review the show wherever you listen to it on your podcast feeds, uh, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcast. Just go to the rate and review page and rate and review the show because the more reviews the show gets, the more it helps spread the word. And as Paul and me and everyone else knows, that word is panic. So for P-Thug, I am Ryan Lauer. And until next time, read my bank box. <laughs>